Hey, hello everyone. Sean Simons, PPG Grandpa. Welcome to season four, episode 196. Tonight we have Nathan James going to be uh, an amazing uh, podcast tonight. Well, as always, right? It's always an amazing podcast. Uh, we are streaming live. All right. We are streaming live. We got 12 viewers right now. We are going to make sure that we have lots of questions for Nathan. But as always, we're going to quickly say hello to our panel. So let's start with Miss Linda. Welcome, Linda. Glad you are here. I see your background. You're always waving to us in your background. Welcome. I know. I have a fancy background going tonight. My hand. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> That's so weird. You are, are fancy. Oh, I tell you, I get so excited about Monday nights. Thank you so much, chatters, viewers, listeners out there. Thanks for joining us tonight. It's going to be an awesome show. It's Monday night, the only place to be. And uh, I'll just run through this really quickly. If you want to be a guest on my show, just go to ParamountUSA.com. Take you right to my Facebook page and say, I want to be on your show and um i'll get you all set up so don't be shy you got anybody who wants to be a guest send them my way so that's it sit back enjoy the show excellent thank you so much miss linda we appreciate you, you so much we also got butch fly from ppgbutch.com what you doing bud oh not much just hanging out watching my favorite show no, oh, I'll give you a dollar later on for that one. All right, so um, we're, we're cooking a, 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 a turkey over here, so you'll see Butch leaving every once in a while to go check that. Um, so anyways, uh, oh, okay. All right, well, that was quick. All right, so he's going to go check the turkey. <laughs> Catch you later. All right, we also got Scuba Steve. Welcome, Scuba Steve. Always good to see you here, buddy. Hello, nice to be here. Um, got a cool guest on tonight, Mr. Nathan, and... Um... Yeah, I look forward to, you know, going through all that. And I want to see how far Will's going to push it. He's like, I fly year-round. We're going to see about that. Uh, yeah. It's getting really cold. I, I I don't foresee any videos. He may show video of other people flying, but him, that's going to be the question. <laughs> we'll find out here in just a minute. We go over to Will Fly. Now, you do a podcast, too, don't you, Scuba? Yes, every Friday night, 8 to 10 Eastern Standard Time, which, you know, this show, Sean goes by Central. I'm on Eastern Standard Time over here in Virginia, neck of the woods. And uh, it's mainly about vaping, um, you know, to get people off cigarettes. But we also talk a lot about paramotors because if you're a paramotor pilot, you're going to talk about paramotors. The same. It For sure. It does <laughs> happen. Well, glad that you're here, Scuba Steve. We definitely appreciate you. I also got Jim from Canada, A, with a cool Dudek hat that probably smells like maple syrup. How you doing, Jim? I'm doing really well. And yourself? Not too bad, buddy. Awesome. So Glad to you hear run, it. You run carepp.com. Tell us a little bit about that since you are our official sponsor of the show. Ah, it's a, a printing company in which I can do all sorts of different printing for you. Whatever you want, I can make it happen. And if you mention PPG Grandpa, you can get 10% off whatever you purchase. Tell us about those cool PPG calendars you got going on. Yeah, we got the PPG calendars. They are finalized. Uh, they I haven't got any up on the website, but within the next couple of days, I, well, I can't say for sure, but you can order right now. They're They're done. And, uh, but I just can't update the website for probably a week or two, unfortunately, but you can still order 
using the last one, ppgcalendar.com. And I won't change the prices until I get all the new uh, imagery up on the website. So if you get it now, you get to last year's price. Wow, you better go there quick. And what's the URL for that? It is ppgcalendar.com. All right. Thank you very much, Jim. Um, I think that he'll have a scratch and sniff that smells like uh, maple syrup. We don't know. Make sure you order over at ppgcalendar.com. We also got Will Fly from Will Fly PPG. What's up, big dog? Hey, how you doing? I'm having a good time watching the chat. People playing around with timing <laughs> people out. Tony. <laughs> He's just messing around with Angela. Hey, Angela. Um, no, doing really good. Um, I flew, uh, I think about a week ago and, um, uh, the colder it gets, the shorter my flights get time-wise. So, yeah, in the middle of winter, I won't give up flying completely, uh, Steve. But the time between flights is going to be, you know, greater and greater. I'll be looking for those nice, warm winter days that are few and far between in North Carolina. But, yeah, good to be here. Well, thank you so much for being here. We're going to be giving away something tonight. So make sure you at Will Fly in the super chat. Let him know that you are here and you want to be on the Spinny Will, W-I-L-L, Spinny Will of Winnie Things. But he's afraid of flying in cold weather. But our guest tonight, Nathan James, he has no problem flying in cold weather. Matter of fact, he just set himself a really awesome world record in cold weather. Welcome to the show, Nathan James. Thank you for having me on the show. Woo, woo, woo. I'm so <laughs> glad that you are here, man. So uh, for those of us that don't know you, give us a, a little bit about yourself, how you got into paramotoring, and uh, a little bit about you know who you are and how you fly in cold weather. Well, I'm a resident of good old Colorado, so cold and Colorado kind of go hand in hand. And for me, you know, paramotoring has been one of those sports, like I talk to everybody, it's it's the effect is the same uh, for me, and I've been in doing it for awesome. since 2010. So it's been quite a while uh, I've been in the sports uh, from when it started to what it is now. It is mind-blowing how much paramotor technology and especially wing technology has changed. Uh, riser twists were a, a major factor when I first got into the sport, and you hardly hear about that anymore. So that, <laughs> that should uh signify how much it has uh changed for the better but i started paramotoring in 2010 I actually i was flying hang gliders before then i got into flying hang gliders when i was 17 and uh i loved it but i got tired of going to the top of the hill with your hang glider on your shoulder and having the winds completely switch 180 and you could no longer launch and you had to well do one the only option you had was to hike all the way back down so I got tired of that and I thought about free flying on a paraglider and I dabbled in it a little bit, but uh, you often would hear about wing collapses and obviously in paragliding, you're flying in the most volatile uh, conditions because you want to get what you need as a paraglider and that is lift. So I was always a little skeptical and one day I had just sold my hang glider and I was browsing what we known back then as Craigslist and sure as heck i saw paramotor and not knowing or having a clue what was good what was bad and the price was excellent i went ahead and uh, went for it so i had bought a top 80 
with a Paratoys 30. Now, keep in mind, I'm 155 pounds on a good day. So that setup was very questionable. But why I bought that setup was because it was 300 bucks. Wow. So, 300 300 bucks. The lady, her husband had passed away, not from an aviation-related accident, but uh, I believe he had another complications that he unfortunately did pass. And so she was just wanting to get rid of it. So I made her an offer and she said yes. And then next thing I know, I had this paramotor sitting in my garage. So not knowing what to do or how to do this, first thing I go to is, well, YouTube. <laughs> because Colorado at the time really had no instructor instructors in general. And so Don't sell YouTube my was a $300. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> YouTube was a, a very helpful uh, segment, but I do have to give some credit where it's due. And as a man by the name of Mike Bennett, he uh, he was on this internet forum uh, with a bunch of uh, paramotor pilots, not Facebook, but it was like a, a threads. If you remember the old threads uh, type communications. And I reached out and I said, I would like to fly and I would rather get a couple of pointers before I send myself off this hill. And Mike Bennett, was one of those guys that turned out to be an amazing mentor. And uh, if it wasn't for him, you know, I, I definitely think I've had a lot more uh, butt fan incidents into the ground. And so I kind of, I did teach myself to some degree, but he really instilled a lot of the what to do and what not to do and really emphasized wind control. I mean, I, I was kiting day in, day out and in high winds and low winds, practicing forwards and reverses and, that really instilled this wing control that kind of stays with you even to this day. So I spent a majority of my early years of paramotoring with Mike out in this open wheat fields out in Eastern Colorado. And um, I tell you what, it was probably some of my fondest memories because it was one of those where the sun is setting, you're flying and those early years of paramotoring, the most nerve wracking yet most, uh, amazing years of paramotoring because everything is so new and you're just like this is it is amazing right and as the as it advanced well obviously this 30 meter wing had to go i mean in fact i got a video where the winds were probably 20 knots like and my buddy chris montez was filming i came in landed and what you're dealing with a, a couch of a wing above you and 20 knot winds well that's gonna of course turn into a a land sale and he's got an amazing video where i'm just scooting down the runway on my backside like it's a, a sailing ship wow <laughs> so i um got rid of that i went to a mac pair of velvet if any of you know what that is might have heard of it might have not it was a 23 meter it was so, known as semi-reflex this was state of the yard at the time because reflex was a very new te technology not, not a lot of people really were interested in reflex. They're very skeptical about it. Flew the velvet for a little while. It was a great wing. Started getting into semi-acro with it and uh, eventually stretched the A's on the leading edge. So I sold that. Got sponsored by MacPair at the time. And they had just released the Kronos 19, which everybody, when you got in the sub 20 meter size wings, and this would have been 2011, 2012, uh, it was a big deal. And I flew my first air show on this wing. And I tell you what, semi-reflex and a hot 1 p.m. 
air show slot over a black runway really keeps things interesting. And I, just I bet. And and and, years, and are you how young were you? I mean, you because you're talking about 2011, even further back. How old were you when you started paramotor? Well, I'm 36 now, so I uh, I was just getting into it in my early 20s. And um, I wish. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it, I think it was a good time to get into it. I mean, it really, it was one of those where you were so eager to try new stuff. Uh, and it's amazing how much I, I watched over the years of how things evolved. I, I test flew the very first Hadron. So I got to, I made really good friends with a guy by the name of Pascal Vallet. Vallet. He's this French uh, pylon racing pilot. He won the world championship multiple times in the 2010, 11, and I believe in 13. He might might have been just 2010 11 but i got to know him really well at beach blast and i ended up flying out to uh france and staying with him for an event known as bass ham which some of you might remember it is this massive gathering of paramotor pilots in france and is incredible and i test flew all these wings and tried all these wings and i tell you what some of them were fantastic others were defining moment of what i call code brown because you know, the, the early, <laughs> early version of the Hadron, it was a very fast wing. But I tell you what, if you're on speed bar and you even remotely touch the brakes, it was an instantaneous frontal. And I found that out the hard way. And, mm. uh, you know, they it was a an absolute blast getting to know all these guys at like Dudek and all the European pilots. Because in my opinion, American paramotor pilots, we're a really special group of guys. But then when you go fly with the Europeans, you're like, wow, these guys are like next level. They they take it so seriously, especially from a competitive side. And they're trying everything to get that last second around pylon racing. And, you know, when you try to learn their methods and their training and even just any advice that they have, it, I, I try to take it all in. And it kind of pushes you to be a better pilot in a lot of ways. And so I, um, you know, over the years, I, I was flying for MacPara. I left them after my first year flying air shows. And uh, my second year of flying air shows, I was introduced to a wing, thanks to Chris Montez, uh, known as the Paramania GTR. And I would say out of all the wings that I've ever flown, that is hands down my favorite uh, wing for a multitude of reasons. It's probably the only wing that has kept me out of the hospital because of how stable it is. I uh, I flew more questionable conditions in that wing. And we we're talking, Chris Montez and I flew, were flying the Florida Keys and we were crossing a section of Marathon Island flying north. And it, the winds were horrendous. And he was on a GTR, I was on a GTR. And... You know, I look back at some of those videos and the the trees were just, you know, they were sideways. I mean, I don't even know what they were gusting to. And if I tell you what, the, the designers over at Paramania, when that wing came out in 2012, it, it, that that whole manufacturer, the team, Mike Campbell Jones and Pascal Campbell Jones, that that whole group, I, it was probably one of the most pivotal points for me in my paramotor career because of how much that wing changed my perception of midday flying. You know, we often would paramotoring or early morning or evening because obviously that's the least volatile 
when it comes to air conditions and the smoothest of the air. And that's a wonderful thing. But for us, we didn't always have that luxury, especially with flying air shows. We, we were given 1 p.m., 2 p.m. slots, whereas 85, 90 degrees out, and they're wanting us to do barrel rolls and acro over a hot runway. So you had all these variables that were kind of thrown in your lap, which to the common paramotor pilot meant certain death. I mean, so I would have to say that that wing definitely changed my perception on wing stability, especially in very adverse conditions. And I flew that for almost 10 years. I mean, I just recently retired it, maybe about two years ago. It was very hard. In fact, I still have it and I look at it and I'm like, maybe I should pull you out and fly you again. But I mean, people look at me like I'm nuts. You're on a 10-year-old wing. But there's yet to have, I have yet to find a wing that has a stability. It is a brick. It has a terrible climb rate. And you will get absolutely ripped muscle-wise like Schwarzenegger because of how much brake toggle pressure it requires. So there's a catch-22 with all that. But I tell you what, if there's one wing that I look back in all the years of flying paramotors, it's that GTR that really just saved my butt on a lot of scenarios with flying. Um, and so I'm on a Gin Carve 18 now, which has, I would say it's like the the little brother of the GTR. It ha definitely has attributes that are very similar to the GTR. And for me, I like that. Is it the GTR? Not, not exactly. It still is a little unstable in comparison to the GTR, but... I do have to give it credit because it is the wing that I chose to fly on a recent altitude record coming up here uh, that we did in back in November. And um, I, I have to give it credit because we, the conditions that we flew with uh, that day and being on that Gin Carve 18, it really did save my bacon on a lot of scenarios. So you're, a lot of people are wondering, well, what, what made you want to get into trying to set a world altitude record and this has been like an uphill battle since i would say 2011 i originally wanted to set an altitude record in about 2011 i started thinking about it 2012 i was getting serious about it because i'm in colorado we're you know by default a mile high and we have the highest airport in north america which is in leadville colorado and i was going back and forth bear grills at the time had set this altitude record and it was unofficially because of, I think some instrumentation issues. I don't know the full detail context of what the reason was, but he had set it in 2007. So he was like this pinnacle of what to beat or even attempt to beat. I mean, you think about it, his unofficially was 29,000 feet. And I mean, that's mind boggling. What helped is he uh, had set it at Everest base camp. So his starting altitude was nearly 19 or 18,000 feet. And so that definitely got him some brownie points when it came to an altitude starting point. The next crazy part that still blows my mind to this day, and I'm actually pretty good friends with him, and we talk about the setup that he was running in the year 2007. He was running a Parajet frame, and the motor he was running was a Rotron rotary. Now, to make things even more nutty with the setup is is was supercharged. So his output at the prop hub was almost a hundred horsepower. Wow. And the weight with the fuel tank was 128 pounds. 
Wait, so, 128 pounds paramotor? Yes. And foot launch. Wow. Foot launch at Everest Base Camp with all your cold weather winter gear and your oxygen. And who knows the winds that he was dealing with when do you it know came what, to it. Do you know what uh, wing size he had by any chance? He was on a 20. Him and I were just talking about this uh, a few months back. And I, I'll have to look back through the messages of what he's saying. I, I swear it was probably about a 26 or 28 meter wing. I mean, it wasn't massive, but you're also considering this was in 2007. So a 28 meter wing, I can't imagine that had to have been like a mattress in the air. I mean, yeah. it, <laughs> I mean it did. Uh, you look at what he was running. Uh, and so I took a lot of notes from him when it, it came to what to do, what how to beat it. And that was a very high goal to reach. And it took, you know, 10 years later when I got actually really serious about it. And even looking back at the altitude that I wanted to reach, it, it he was definitely an influential part of trying to set an altitude record. And more so, I wanted, you know, you look at the FAI, which if some of you are wondering what the FAI is, they're, they're this board of record keeping. They are the, they trump Guinness Book of World Records. They're up here. Guinness is down here. Wow. They approve and disapprove every avia, every aviation record known to man. Felix Baumgartner's space skydive, uh, Joe Kinninger's space skydive, the Bright Brothers, you know, initially set records with the FAI, Charles Lindbergh, Chuck Yeager. So you can literally pull up every record and it is ratified by the FAI. Wow. So they're a big deal. The The loops and the routes that you have to take to get a record approved is nuts. And what I mean by that is it's not just, hey, I'm going to set this record and I do it. I did it officially. And I think that's where a lot of attempts to set a record kind of fail. And it's not even the actual flight itself. It's getting everything and all your ducks in a row with the FAI to yeah, have the record okay. happen. Um, a good example of that is the distance record on a paramotor, Laurie Kadakis. Yes. Where is it? Never happened, according to FAI. And yet he probably did the entire thing by textbook, but there was probably one discrepancy that happened, wasn't there? Yeah, we, I, I asked them about two months ago, and they haven't come back to me why it didn't get approved. And and for uh, me, you know, when I started looking into this in 2011, the process, so here's how it lays out. You have to have two sealed altimeters. You have to have an FAI observer in person that has to remove the altimeter from your aircraft and put it on your aircraft before the takeoff and after the landing. You have to return back to the same area that you took off from. And the systems that you're using when it comes to altimeters have to be uh, calibrated with calibration certificates. They have to be approved by the FAI. And when all that's said and done, then you have to go through the paperwork of actually getting the record that you want to set established and sanctioned. And that means a sanctioning means that, hey, I'm going to set this record. Nobody else can attempt this, and my name is on the radar of the FAI, knowing that I'm going to try to do this record. So I got kind of, I wouldn't say bored, but I no longer wanted to pursue an altitude record because Ramon Morialis had officially 
set the altitude record, which, by the way, he's an amazing pilot. I was hanging with him in Egypt in the World Pilot Racing Championships in 2017. And that guy, for I don't even know how old he is. I'm going to throw out a number and it'd be nice, maybe 45. He's probably older than that. Is has like an 18 year old body with this like expert paramotor pilot that's been flying for 30 years mentality. I mean, he's incredible pilot and his drive to set records is mind boggling. So he had officially set it not too long ago at 24,000 feet. And that was ratified by the FAI. So if you look him up and you look up altitude records, there he is. He's, he's set a multitude. So the part that bothered me, maybe about two years ago is when you look at records, there was no American flags on anything paramotor wise. You know, you had Ryan Shaw that was setting a couple of records back in mid 2015, 2014, which another phenomenal pilot. And then all of a sudden it just went crickets. And for like nearly the last eight years, there's been not one real American flag put on the record books. And that bothered me. And so I was a year ago, in atlanta georgia flying with bear grills he was on set doing the show and i was out there hanging with him and we we're out flying at this random location in atlanta and we were talking about setting records and i was asking him a couple of questions about his everest trip and he's and i said you know we need more american flags and then his exact words like stop talking and just go do it stop being a pussy and just go go do this record and he was just straight to the point. And I thought about him like, I, I, I need to set this. I need to do something to put an American flag. So I went down this wormhole for the, like the last eight months of what could I do? Could I do this? And originally, the record that I wanted to break was with my girlfriend. And that was the tandem uh, trike altitude record, which has been held by Hungary the last 20 years. So... Her and I were consistently flying the trike and working on different wind conditions and just kind of getting her ready. I was having her kite a wing and just kind of like know what the behaviors of it. We went down to Florida. We got the tandem exemption. I was trying to get, do everything by the book. So that if the FAA was to look at this record and say, hey, you're, you're not doing things by the book. I wanted all my ducks in a row because then if the FAI saw that the FAA was looking into this and they said, you didn't do this by the book. No record for you. I kind of think of the FAI as like no suit for you from Seinfeld. You know, <laughs> be, be real touch, tread very lightly with them. And so her and I were getting ready to set this tandem altitude record to beat Hungary. And then Art, who works for the NAA, who oversees all the records on the U.S. side, he's out of Washington, D.C. He sent me a message one day and he said, you know, there's not a single record set for electric paramotor. And then this like light just like turned on in my head. I'm like electric paramotor. I mean, I, we've all briefly heard about electric, but we've kind of like brushed it off our shoulders. Like, nah, there, there's the battery technology isn't there yet. We're not, we're never gonna, it's going to be another five, 10 years before that. It's actually a good system to fly. And then it's weird how like all the puzzle pieces kind of, fall in your lap and in the correct order maybe a month later i shot a message to a friend and uh, he's like well there's a guy locally here in colorado that's got an electric paramotor in fact he's got two of them and i reached out to him and he's like come out and fly it come test it i have two variants he's got one variant i kid you not it has four 
electric motors. It, it's like a quad copter, but vertical with a paramotor frame on the front. It's the early, early version of an electric paramotor. The yeah, unfortunately, they don't make that anymore either. And also they spin the opposite direction, so there's zero torque. It, it, yeah, it's a great system, except the battery life, I think he said, maybe is 15 minutes if you're lucky. Maybe. Yeah. So, and then he's got the SP-140. Well, one day I went out and flew it, and I was, you know, it was a cool afternoon. I was flying the Gen Carve, took off, and I was like, oh my gosh, the power on this thing is phenomenal. I mean, it was instantaneous, and it never failed. And then I started kind of working on when I was flying it, like, how much can I milk the battery? How much life can I get out of the battery? Because everybody said, oh, you're, you'll be lucky if you get 30 minutes, if you're lucky. Well, I got almost 45 minutes, and I was still flying it pretty aggressively, and I, it would actually go even further. And I think it, that had many reasons what I weigh. The wing that I'm on has, is pretty lifty, and the wind conditions that we are flying in. So that kind of set the benchmark of what and how and why we wanted to set an altitude record. Well, a week later after flying this electric, my friend Pascal shot me a message and he said, hey, you've been flying this electric paramotor. We have a guy out here that's getting ready to try to attempt an altitude record on electric. And he hasn't done anything yet. He's just been in talks of it. And the minute I heard that, I was like, uh-uh, no more French flags in that record book. I was like, we are slat. We are putting an American flag on that on this record. We have to. This is our chance. And they had no benchmark for altitude for an electric. So yeah. most people were expecting sixty five hundred feet, maybe seven thousand feet, and that's what the French were shooting for. I think he initial tested to like maybe eight thousand feet. It was his highest point that he got to. He never filed a sanction, never went to the FAI. I think they were just testing at the time. So I made some calls. Thanks to Harley Milne, who some of you might know, he, he did, flew all around the U.S., another yeah. remarkable pilot. He actually had two altimeters that were approved by the FAI. And thanks really? to him and his generosity, he had sent those out to me. I sent them out to get calibrated. I called the airport that I was going to take off from, which was Leadville Airport, I gave him the scoop. I said, hey, we have a world altitude record we're going to try to set. Would you mind if we flew from your airport? Because it gives us a benchmark and a return that would be in agreeance with FAI's rule book, which is like that thick. And they were like the most accommodating group of people ever. They're like, come on up. You can stay, do whatever you like. They gave us the whole airport, essentially, to do what we wanted. That is really awesome. And so the time came to start calculating of, okay, what am I going to actually expect out of this paramotor? And another variable was the winds. I chose late winter, not because I was like, oh, this sounds great. I love flying in cold temps, <laughs> but I figured the air stability might be a much better choice than flying mid spring, especially with the channeling winds coming through the Rocky mountains. Regardless of what my thought process on that and actually doing research on mountain flying, which in general aviation, mountain flying is something you got to really respect. In fact, I fly over the Rocky Mountains a lot in a general aviation aircraft, usually Moonies or uh, Pipers, uh, a couple of Saratogas. Those are like usually the main aircraft. And it doesn't matter how much horsepower you have. I have been in a Keen Air with 
uh, a pilot and myself and we were in route to Aspen and we were in sync and you're talking 1100 horsepower on each side and we were still in sync even at full at wide open throttle so mountain flying and winds they don't care what you're running they don't care what you're flying if you don't respect it it will kill you and it will kill you fast yeah and with the fabric wing in altitude that is very unforgiving definitely made me reconsider a lot of variables of is this is worth it do i want to do this what's the outcome is this even a probable attempt and we did more research we realized that there were on the mornings the winds were very fair favorable on the ground they were never favorable at winds aloft altitudes meaning anything above 10 11 12 18000 feet they were still pretty strong was very important to us so we made the call we set a date and we realized that this was going to be the point of which we wanted to set this altitude record and make it official now the one caveat with all this was that the fai requires an official observer to be present and the timing of that can be a challenge and so leah kotu which some of you might know she's a phenomenal pilot um, does a lot of flying in europe in fact she just got back from Jordan and captured some of the most incredible videos and photos. She's well, she, awesome. Oh, she's, she's amazing. Yes. I love <laughs> <And> her. And <laughs> she was an actual FAI observer and she was based out of Florida. So I call her up and I, and I shot her a message and I'm like, Hey, can we get you out here at this time frame?" And she had just got back from Jordan. So I'm like, man, I'm running this person absolutely thin, but I'm like, we got to make this happen because I know France is going to try to file a sanction or they're going to at least tempt it, especially if they got wind that an American pilot was trying to do it. Right. And she said, yep, I can be out there next week. So we had a, a definite date set. We had our gear set. Jeremy, had, who was the owner of the electric unit, was amazing when it came to making it work and said, yeah, I'll be there. I'll have it charged up. But then we had a concern. And the biggest concern was, technically, our feet could have left the ground on this altitude attempt, and we would have set the record. But what fun is that? That No, not fun. <laughs> that seems like cheating to me, to be honest. You didn't even try. Yeah. And so he was concerned that you're going to maybe get 10 minutes out of this battery. And why that was is because the actual ambient temp. We had to bump our actual takeoff time an hour earlier because the biggest factor is we had a storm moving in. Winds aloft at the time that I checked the day before were showing 38 knots at wow. 11,000 feet. The, my buddy Daniel notified me, said, hey, it is not looking good. I don't know if you want to attempt this. And we had actually sanctioned both records. We were going to attempt the tandem trike altitude record to try to beat Hungary. And we were going to do the electric. And he called me up the day before and he said, "I this is your call, but he sent me the screenshot and you see winds aloft 44 knots 53 knots wow and you're just kind of sitting there like this she the fia fai observer is already out here i have all my stuff ready to go and sometimes this is where pilot judgment and good decision making is a very very real factor to consider but i had made the call to continue with this 
And I knew that the winds were going to be strong, but I said, at least we can try. So I had everybody set a time schedule that we were going to meet at Leadville Airport. And we were going to attempt this. And it was, everybody met at 7 a.m. The outside temperature was eight degrees. Oh. Eight degrees well, Fahrenheit. Well, so, real quick, what, what were you wearing? And did you have anything like uh, electric undergarments? So I did have electric undergarments for my girlfriend. Uh, I, my biggest factor that kept me warm is I have a pair of U.S. Air Force uh, high exposure, high altitude suits. Uh, and they're from the uh, late Cold War era. And I would probably say that is the factor that kept me the most warm. They're they're amazing. They look like regular flight suits. They're just much more thick. And those things are like a heating box without the heater. They're phenomenal. So she has a pair. I have a pair. Uh, we had oxygen. And I was pretty used to flying in cold weather climates. Being in Colorado, I'm not going to sit and watch, you know, Jerry Seinfeld's all winter lawn and not do any flying. And I like flying general aviation in the winter, but paramotoring is still just as fun because let's be real, there's a lot less rules with a paramotor than there is with an airplane. And for me, this was the like, either do it or don't do it. I knew it was going to be cold. In fact, the temperature was 15 to 20 degrees colder than what we had planned for. So the gear I was using was my typical flight helmet that I always use, this uh, Air Force cold weather suit, and I had a multitude of layers underneath. Uh, Shoe-wise, I was just wearing a regular pair of hiking boots, but I double-insulated them. Gloves, I could have made better decisions with my gloves, and I, I will we'll get into more detail about that with an incident that happened on this flight that uh, almost cut it short uh, because of not choosing the right gloves. Everybody shows up. The winds were actually quite amazing on the ground. They were maybe three to five knots. Uh, the news crew had got wind of this record attempt, and they showed up. And I'm like, man, this is going to be the one time that I end up in a ponderosa pine tree with my paramotor. <laughs> and they're going to be sure. filming. You <laughs> always see that. You always will see, like, who's this guy stuck in the trees? And there's, like, six news crew all below just filming up, filming above, watching the guy. I'm like, this is going to be me. I know it. And so we all get set up and, you know, we're, we're talking about, all right, temperatures are going to be a big factor with this electric paramotor. Electric and cold temps never work great, especially with a battery type known as lithium ion. Lithium Palmer handles temperatures, cold temperatures a little bit better, not much better, but lithium ion just doesn't agree with cold temps. And that really... Have you heard of the sodium ion batteries that, we that uh, weathered has no determination on, on the battery itself? It can be sub-zero or hundreds of degrees. No big deal. Sodium and, ion is one of the cheapest it, ones to do because it is sodium, yeah. And is it volatile like uh, lithium nope. Palmer? It nope. isn't. No, it's oh just my gosh. It's just like regular salt. I mean, you just it's, it's just so cheap. So that's going to be uh, that's going to be taking over the world here in the next five years. I bet that could be an absolute game changer because you know Jeremy was concerned who owned the electric. I was concerned we're going to maybe get five to ten minutes if we're lucky. Temperatures at winds aloft had predicted minus uh, eight at my initial starting altitude, and my end goal on the electric was thirteen thousand feet. 
it doesn't sound super high, but from an electric standpoint, we were nearly going three times higher than what the French were doing. And that kind of set this benchmark goal that 13,000 feet was our goal in the electric. And with the temperatures where they were, the winds where they were, I was not super confident that we were going to get there. The temperature was the biggest factor. At the altitude that I wanted to get to, it was minus 11 Fahrenheit with the wind chill uh, making it even worse. Um, so we were concerned. We were like, well, if my feet leave the ground, we set the record, but that just doesn't feel right. I want to see how high we can truly get this. So then you kind of go through this calculation. Typical people would say, well, you're trying to get to the highest altitude. Why don't you just go wide open throttle? Set it. You're good. Well, batteries don't always like wide open throttle. You'll get 100% power up until it, you consume the battery, but that doesn't mean that's the most efficient way to do things. Right. I found that flying the electric, that doing between 30 and 40% throttle, and just milking it very slowly yielded a pretty amazing climb rate, to be honest. Zero altitude uh, loss reduction, whereas like if you're in a typical aircraft engine, you'd have to be tuning it the higher you go. And you would still lose power per thousand feet. So we found the sweet spot when I was flying it at a much lower altitude. And I was going to stick with that plan instead of just going wide open throttle because it would have maximized my battery usage in this climb. Right. So we set up everything and we're looking at the winds. I'm like, okay, we're getting ready. Leah gave me the altimeters. We found two spots on my body and one on the paramotor that we were going to utilize to put this on. She also gave me <laughs> two other GPS devices just in case they didn't record. So we huh. at least have some substance. And one of them was, you know, we were using Gaggle. I was using Gaggle as a monitoring device, which is a phenomenal. Imagine most of you use Gaggle. Love Gaggle. Love it's it. Incredible. Yes. Absolutely incredible. And it still blows my mind. And I'm pretty new new to it. I'm used to a, an app known as Foreflight with flying airplanes. And that to me is amazing. And then when I found Gaggle for paramotor, I'm like, where where has this been all my life? This this is know. like a lifesaver. So we're all suited up. The wind's laid out, the news crew's filming. And I'm like, do not eat, do not eat it, do not crash. They're <laughs> filming, they're live. And I say, you know, said my goodbyes to everybody. We're we're set up, take off, get the wing above my head, altimeters are recording. And I am running, running, feet leave the ground as textbook takeoff. I climb up, ease back on the throttle, down to about 35%. Battery life was good. It was at 96%. The altimeters were rolling. I climb up another 1,000 feet. Winds aloft start hitting. And that's when the turbulence started really becoming a factor. I chose my wing, which was an 18-meter gin carve, for a multitude of reasons. A lot of people ask, well, why wouldn't you use like a 42-meter? Why didn't you use like even a 32-meter Hadron Cabrio? It's right. a great wing. The problem is, is that the winds aloft were so strong, I would have been in Idaho <laughs> by the time I got to my altitude. Gotcha. So, I was wondering, I was like, how is he going to get back to his LZ with winds that strong? You're going to be flying yeah. backwards. Like, exactly. I'll, I'll yes. see you all in a couple of days. <laughs> And and we had gone back and forth. My buddy Daniel West and I were going back and forth. Well, he's like, fly the tandem. You'll, you'll get up there in no time. And I'm like, well, I do want to fly the tandem. But Winds Aloft is showing 44 knots. And that tandem on, with a 150-pound guy, which is already ridiculously light-loaded, 
I think I'm not going to return to the original spot that I took off from, which would have been an automatic fail from right. the FAI. So those are factors that you had to like really consider because, you know, you want to get to this highest point, but you also have to get back to your original spot. You have to be intact. The observer has to remove the altimeters and that was not going to work with the winds that we were dealing with. So that's why a lot of people wonder, why did you choose the 18? That's why that's because the wind penetration on that wing is incredible. It, it'll, I have flown through some horrendous winds with that wing and it, goes through it like no problem so i take off i'm in the air i'm fighting a lot of turbulence and which is normal i i had planned that and then i climb up another thousand feet so i'm at maybe 12 battery life is looking really good i'm actually really happy with how it's performing still still utilizing about 35 percent and then this wave of turbulence, this next wave of turbulence goes, and I'm getting wingtip pulls in. Uh, mm. It's the leading edge is loading, unloading. You can, you know, a wing will talk to you, especially yeah. the brake toggle pressure. And multiple times the brake toggle pressure got really light and not responsive. Wow. And if a gin carve is doing that, you're like, well, this is really not good. And so just kind of kept monitoring it. I was fully trimmed in. Uh, and I went out half a click on my trims just to get a little bit more wing loading and speed loading. Right. Still climbing. I'm at 13.3, which I was had already surpassed my target goal. And I'm like, this is amazing. I'm at 60% battery. Wow. Why not keep going? Yeah. Well, I made a fatal mistake. The altimeter uh, that I was using, the Garmin, not the sealed ones, but the Garmin, was I pushed a button, it was no longer showing my altitude. I'm like, well, this isn't good. I need to know where I'm at, where I'm doing for wind speeds and all that. So I take my glove off and keep in mind it's at now minus 13. Oh my goodness. And I'm trying to push the button, get the, the GPS back on, shows my altitude speed. Problem is now is that this was a left-handed throttle setup and I'm a right-handed throttle pilot. Some people can do both hands, and I respect that greatly. I cannot. I cannot take off and land in a left-handed throttle setup. I have to do a right. It will just mess with me too much. Okay. So we had this throttle zip-tied slash rubber-banded around my hand, and I could not. I had no ability to get the glove back on. Oh, no. So for four, about 10 to 14 minutes of this flight, my hand was exposed in these temps oh. and I started, I stopped losing feeling in my pinky. Then it followed suit to my index ring finger middle. And finally, cause I can't do this anymore. So I took my uh, oxygen slash mask covering off and I bit my glove and got it back on. Okay. Well, in that process, even though still I'm in a climb, I'm still establishing my climb. I had hit the power cut on the paramotor. And the problem is at this point, I could not get it to come back online, even all oh, that. And the and no. the reason why is my risers were just solid ice. You could oh. see on the left and the right, they were just ice. They were just iced over and I could not get them to release. So I was still in a uh, all the way risers all the way in setting. I was going backwards. The airport was ahead of me and I was going away from the airport because the winds aloft were so strong. 
So I had power cut at 14.3. And I was like, well, that's a good altitude, but we could have gone more. And I finally got my glove on. I was freezing. My hand stopped responding, so I could no longer feel my left hand. And now my goal was just to get back to the airport. And I was getting farther and farther away from the airport. So you can imagine 18 meter wing and you're getting farther and farther away from the airport. That's a problem. Those winds are very strong. Speed bar by any chance? I did not have speed bar. And the main reason was, was because I was worried about the intermittent turbulence being a danger, uh, dangerous factor because of that, just because the instability of the air, you get these pockets of wave, but you get a lift and you won't get lift. Right. And that was one of the main reasons why I didn't use it. And with speed out, with uh, my trims out all the way, it usually penetrates with a majority of the headwinds. Well, my risers were frozen. So I made the call to get lower. I, my motor was already off. Couldn't get it to come back online. Mm-hmm. It had a dead engine. So I was just in glide. And for some miraculous reason, getting lower got me through enough penetration to get back to the very... I'd say mid edge of the runway, which counted from FIA's standpoint because it was uh, at the original area of where you took off from. Right. So we had landed and we're like, oh my gosh, we did this, you know, and my hand was just on fire, yet I couldn't feel it. Well, that was just the beginning of this fiasco. So Mm -hmm. Leah comes over, she grabs the instruments, she's trying to take the data down and she looks at has she has this like look of concern and i'm like what's that look and she's like these aren't these aren't recording oh and i'm like what and i'm like that i can't get any of this data it shows the last flight we did a day ago and it shows the test flight that we did but it's not showing today's flight and i'm like you've got to be kidding me oh no so we're sitting there and we're trying to figure this out we're looking at the systems well we're pretty new to the nano four altimeters, which that's the instruments we were using. And we're like, okay, something's got to be up. They said they were recording. We verified that they were recording. One showed, you know, 53 minutes of flying time. Same with the other. And I said, Hey, I'm going to power one off and I'm going to keep this one running and let's see what happens. And the minute I did the right one and powered it off, it showed saving flight. So that meant that it was recording that whole time, but I was still super skeptical. I was like, there's no way I'm going to walk away from here and not have verified that this recorded it. So I told Jeremy like, Hey, fire up the paramotor or fire, plug the electric in, we charge it. We're, I'm going to go back up. And I still couldn't feel my left hand. Oh, it was still, still completely numb. In between that, Stevie and I, Stevie is my girlfriend and she's my student. She and I, took off on Daniel West trike to set the national, well, we are trying to break the world altitude record on the tandem trike. So I put all my gear back on, got her loaded up, got her oxygen on. I hopped in the trike and we departed while the electric was still plugged in. Problem is with a, you know, 42 meter wing and those winds and the temp and the turbulence. I mean, it was like, you would see the sky one minute, you were seeing the ground one minute. And I was fighting it and fighting it. And she is such a trooper because the conditions that we were in, the temperatures that we were in, and just the roughness of the air, she didn't, she just said, keep going, keep going. And I'm like, uh uh, I'm making a call on this. This is so rough. Like the fact that you're saying keep going, I'm like, you have guts. And she really is uh, an absolute saint when it comes to pushing the limits. 
So we made the call after climbing up to our altitude. And I think we hit right at 12 something, which didn't ultimately surpass the original tandem record, which is currently at 15,000 feet. But we set, had set the national record on that one. And we came back and landed and that went great. Jeremy <laughs> comes walking back with the uh, electric and he says, I only got 70% charge on this. I don't know what it's going to do. And I'm like, we got to go for it. And I kept one recorder still recording. By now it's showing two and a half hours of flying time. And the other one I'd turn off and turn it back on. And so we'd have two variables in case one recorded and one didn't. Hence why you have two altimeters. So I get strapped on. I'm exa absolutely exhausted uh, just from landing, not 15 minutes before that. And I get the wind set up. The wind started picking up, which we were warned about. You know, at that time, there were maybe 10 to 15 knots, and they were picking up. <clears throat> and we knew that. So originally was going to do a forward, got jerked around really bad, decided to do a reverse, took back off, did the same procedure that I was going to do before, and that was 35% climb out. I only had 70% battery this time. The battery was already shock cooled from the temperature before. Oh, bad. And I'm in the climb out, still dealing with all this turbulence, and my left hand is still not really responsive. I had taken a bungee and just wrapped the brake toggle, and I could feel the resistance off my arm on the actual brake pressure. And when I did the A's, I couldn't feel my thumbs, so what I did is I I took the A's and I wedged them in between my index finger, and oh I watched gosh. watched it. So when I did my forward, I was like, "Oh, this will work." Well, I couldn't do a forward anymore because I couldn't watch it, so I had to do a reverse. So trying to do a reverse with like essentially a crippled hand is like it's a weird phenomenon, especially when you can't feel your hand. So I did yeah. the reverse, got it set up right after like the third try, took off. I'm in the air, I'm in my climb out. Both altimeters are recording. I'm watching my instrumentation. And in that flight, it was actually shocking because we had surpassed what we originally thought. I thought I might get maybe 12.5. We inevitably yeah. got to 14.992 on that flight before I finally hit battery cutoff. And that was shocking. It, the fact that it kept going and I had no power loss up until that that point of where the temperature which at, at i had a thermometer on my right side a digital thermometer and it was showing minus 14. oh my gosh and that Ooh. point that the battery and that electric paramotor kept going up until 14992 and then it had total power shut off i was like this thing went beyond beyond my realm of what i expected out of it and it completely you said that it only had what 70 percent or something 70 percent and that's like a light like you know the problem is that you have a meter on your throttle quadrant and it'll show like altitude timer from when you started flying and your battery percent right well that's never 100 percent accurate in reality it's probably less than that it was probably like 65 percent um and <laughs> that thing just kept going and climbing and climbing I flew so far ahead of the airport because I knew that this time if I had power cut that I could glide back to the airport going downwind with the winds aloft. Oh, and you yeah. look at the gaggle data and the flight recorder data. I mean, at one point I'll have to look, I think I hit like 60, 67 miles an hour on my return uh, just from the winds wow. aloft. Wow. So that was all said and done. Hit power cut 
glided back, which that took for freaking ever. When you're at 14.9 and you're like, all right, I'll try, I'll try methods to get lower and lower and lower. It takes forever. I had so much time to think up there and look at my hand and like, you're probably not going to come back to me, are you? <laughs> and uh, we came in on final and landed. That went great. And then I just kind of fell to my knees and I was like, I hope these things recorded. And sure as heck, she took Leah, went and grabbed the instruments. She's looking at them. She's over by her computer. And she's like, they recorded. Oh, they recorded. Right. And uh, that at that moment, I knew that uh, my efforts towards this was done. That is so, great. We were really stoked about that. And, you know, honestly, it, this comes down. It's not because of like me flying this came down and happened because of everybody that was involved with this the jeremy that owned the electric this would have never happen without him my jeremy buddy daniel Kelly? uh jeremy uh he lives in colorado i don't think he's on social media he's on jeremy um Kelly. yeah 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 he's on uh, he's a f amazing guy i mean just like always willing to help like try this try, try flying this this would never happen without him my buddy Daniel West brought drove all the way up and, you know, Stevie, my girlfriend, helping out with this. I mean, like everybody just kind of came together and made this happen. And and to me, that was probably the most magical part about this. It wasn't so much the record. It was just watching what teamwork and the results that it yields when it, everything's in unison is it's it's like you're endless. I mean, it's the work is endless. You can literally accomplish anything. So we sent the record data in. I filled out a bunch of paperwork and I waited till I got that confirmation email from Art because I'm like, watch. She, Leah even told me, it's like, hey, I know you're excited. I'm excited too, but don't count your eggs before they hatch or don't, don't count your chickens before they hatch sort of thing because we still had to submit all the data. We still had to get a verification that this data was good, that they accepted the record, et cetera. And then maybe four days later, I got an email from Art and he said, it looks good. I just submitted it to the FAI. It's it's official. That is incredible. That is incredible. I, I, I love that this story is just amazing. And um, I, I think that we got some people that have said some things uh, will fly. Uh, who has said stuff in the in the uh super chat guardian service dog said something yes yes he did he said it's surreal hearing all this daniel was my instructor oh wow that's amazing yeah yeah cool and there were a couple of questions um but i wanted to ask you because you were talking about ice on the risers what yes. was what was it were they just frozen or i mean was it ice and if it was ice what was the effect on the i'm thinking the lines the wing uh you know ice is a there's a majority i wish i could show a photo i have a photo of if you want to see ice on a riser i don't know if you can i don't know how you can show a photo on here but it's um you can go to the it wasn't you can go to screen share share oh. yeah, we, yeah we have All screen right. share if you want to use it amazing so talking about icing i wasn't in icing conditions the temperature that i was flying at at the time was not allowing me to uh open and close the riser itself it had just frozen to where the resistance even as hard as i pushed on it was no longer allowing me to um oh it, it just wouldn't allow me to 
open or release it. And that was a factor that I didn't realize would happen because even in those temperatures, it was a fairly new glider. Everything was in working order. Well, it wasn't the case. Um, Did you see any ice on the lines? Not well in the photos, you'll see some, but I, when I was flying up there, I didn't notice the ice. Um, but when you look in the photos, you clearly see a white like stream. All right, here's a, I found one of the photos. Um, kind of like frost. All right, here we go. Let's see. I'm going to share this. Yeah, it's almost like a frost. I mean, a good bump, the wing would just shatter right? <laughs> into a million, million pieces is what it would feel like. Oh, oh wow. Man. Yeah, yeah, man. There's got to be ice on wow. the lines. Frozen eyebrows. That's all. Hey, that's yeah. yeah, it looked like Santa Claus. That yeah. is a cool, that is, a, I mean, that's a cool picture that <laughs> I, wow. A cool picture. So did that the thought cross your mind at all about the, the smooth airflow over the wing? I mean, did you think about that? Possibly. So I've I have flown in some like severe icing, especially this photo that you're seeing right here. Um, uh, that was probably the most severe icing that I've ever dealt with, primarily because the we were in we got caught. Long story short, we got caught in a, a storm system, a snowstorm when we were trying to get back to the LZ. So oh. we had high moisture, very cold temps. That was the coldest that I've ever flown in. It was minus mm -hmm. I think it was minus 15 or 16 um, 15 or 16 <laughs> will fly that, well, that's which one now we need to know was it minus 15 or minus 16 <laughs> what would get you up in the air sooner probably the 15 but yeah <laughs> and that uh for me was uh, wow. the wing i was on the gtr and that changed it, its flying characteristics became very lethargic and that's when i knew that wing loading and icing were a real thing so that's uh, real, real, real what, quick too on, on that wing that you're flying. Did it have the, um, uh, the holes in the trailing edge, like the 2.0 buttholes, or did it have like the, um, the Velcro on the edge? It had the 2.0 buttholes. So it, it, it okay. the, yeah. On the GTR. Yeah. Yeah, it did. It had the 2.0, um, buttholes, which those are great. The, you know, the gym doesn't really have those, but it, it, I noticed no real difference in wind controllability at the altitude that I was at on the electric flight. Um, it performed flawlessly and launching foot launching at nearly 10,000 feet. I was actually shocked how fast I got off the ground with that electric setup. I mean, it was maybe five, six steps. I was, I was gone. Well, it has, uh, like I said, I, I've flown the SP 140 and it has the thrust uh, or it actually feels like a, a 220 paramotor. Yes, it, it does. And it, in fact, it, it's center of gravity, the CG on it against your back. Jeremy had pointed this out. It's incredible. It feels like a top 80 almost uh, because of how close the battery pack is to your back and the motor is to your back. It makes the CG super well balanced. The harness is really uh, is comfortable. If I was to change up anything with the electric is I would make the throttle sensitivity programming just a little bit more user friendly. It's usually off and then like on. Uh, so you just kind of got to be mentally prepared for that. But, you know, with this record setting now, the problem is, is like once you kind of get the taste of doing one, now you're going to want to do more. And so now we're like figuring out what other ones we can do. 
and set. So now we're going to try doing the electric foot launch altitude record. We're going to try to do an electric trike. Uh, you know, we have these multitude of records and we're going to go back up in the spring and try to do more. In fact, we're, I was talking with um, another guy that has an SP-140 out of Arizona and him and I were going back and forth. We think we can get to 18 to 20,000 feet if we do this right. And especially if we choose our winds aloft correctly, where they're low enough that I could be on like a 32 meter cabrio, where I could penetrate through a headwind that isn't super rough. And if that's the case, I think 18,000 to 20,000 feet is a very achievable altitude. You would have to get an exemption, wouldn't you, if you were going that high? Yeah, and we actually already had a notum for us by the FAA. I was going back and forth with the FAA with this because I didn't know what to expect. And especially dealing with a tandem altitude record, you know, the FAA kind of watches that stuff. And I, honestly, everybody says the FAA is like, you know, this big bully. They were the most amazing group of people to work with. They got me my notum. They let Aspen approach and Denver approach. And I was like, hey, this guy's going to be doing an altitude record. If you need to divert some flights, just let, we're letting you know. Like, they're the most accommodating, professional group of government officials that I've had the pleasure of working with. And they really made this attempt uh, much more convenient than I expected. I thought it would be an uphill battle with them. So speaking of being in the class alpha airspace, which is above 17999, I would need to get approval ahead of time, which I'm already in the system for this current NOTAM, that what they would do would just file another one and let any approach aircraft into Aspen or Denver know, hey, this guy could be up to 20,000 feet, letting you know, here's the area that he's going to be in. Wow, that is so cool. I would love to do that record with you. <laughs> that go. is something that I would, I would love to do. That sounds so fun. <clears throat> yeah, it really was. Um, I mean, I, I, uh, I got thank God I got a friend over here that has SP 140. I'll need to get up with him and see if he will uh let me borrow that. Neil, will you let me borrow that, buddy? If you're listening to this, <laughs> I want to do a record with the SP 140. So, <laughs> yeah, it's mean about the 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 tra the travel of the throttle with the SP 140. I've never flown it, but I've done three run-ups on it and the sensitivity of the throttle. I mean, it's electronically controlled, isn't it? I mean, is it, it a sound electronically controlled? So I would think yes. that they could, that could be an easy adjustment to make through programming or whatever, but it did well, take have, me a while to get the right mix of squeeze and power. They have different modes though. They got the, uh, the beginner mode, they got sport mode. And I think they have uh, modes in between too. Right. I mean, I know they got the, the, the beginner mode and sport mode. Is there well, any the other mode modes? The mode I was in, I could not hold it back. You know, at full at full thrust, at full throttle. So one of them high dollar hel uh, helicopter helmets you got on. People are asking about the helmet. I'm just wondering. Yeah, it's a very similar. I've this is my original air show helmet. So I have uh, noise canceling uh, pods inside of them with a Senna. I'm running an early version of Senna on it, and uh, it's just been my go to. I kind of call it my lucky helmet because it's been through a lot of shenanigans with me and it's is it kept the, my head is it the 10r yes yep the 10r and here's jeremy um helping me out with this is he's the owner of this electric and um i did not land in a tree which is good <laughs> how, how far did you have to run 
at 10,000 feet to get off the ground. Five to six steps, I was off the ground. I was absolutely oh. shocked. 18 meter wing with 10,000 feet. I thought I'd be running like Usain Bolt to the end of the runway, but <laughs> I was. You need to make a pedal set up that you can hook on your paramotor so you can charge your battery while you're flying. Just keep pedaling your feet while you're in the <laughs> there air. There you go. <laughs> yes. Charge the battery back up because I don't. Solar would do it. So there was a uh, a question about the battery pack. Uh, Will, which what was the uh, question about the battery pack and swapping them out? Could you use extra batteries? This is from Tony Marzano. Could you use extra batteries as you go higher and then cut away the old ones like NASA? Well, I mean, I would right love, there. I would love to jettison a pair of batteries just to say that I did that. I, I think that would be an amazing thing. We're thinking on our next try. That we're going to use a, like uh, it was mentioned here earlier, a jacket system to insulate the battery and to utilize a charge system that is up until the point that we actually take off. We actually had a time frame between when the battery is unplugged to the point that I took off. That was enough that that battery dropped down to about 90 to 80 percent because when it sits, it's going to lose some degree of chargeability or sustained charge. And I think if we was to do this any differently, a jacket for the battery, a 32 meter cabrio, uh, 100% charge up until the last 30 seconds to 45 seconds of taking off and resume the same climb out ratio and flight plan that I did. I really think, I mean, 18 would be easily achievable. And I think if the winds are smooth enough, 20,000 would be achievable. And I mean, 20,000 electric paramotor, like, I hate to say that, but I think it might give the French a run for their money. I mean, when they were trying to do 8,000 feet, that was a big deal. And then we did 14.9. It's like, well, they're, they're probably tossing some baguettes somewhere. They're probably mad about that. Now, this, you know, 14.9 is established. If we can get to 18 to 20, I mean, that might be another American flag on the board, which at the end of the day, that's all I wanted was to put American flag on that board to show that us American pilots still got it. You did. Yeah, look, and if you look at that picture right now, that little round thing on the very back, that's the motor. That big long thing right up against the back, that that huge thing, that is the big battery pack. So it's very possible you could in series put another battery pack um, strapped to the front of you, right? To, to balance right. it and put it in series and have, uh, you know, two battery packs. But those battery packs are 2,200 bucks, I think. They're not yeah, or quick disconnect where you could unplug one battery, plug in the second one, and then to jettison it, you could have like a reserve on the other battery and just chunk it, and then the reserve would pop and it would float down. That thing Correct. is has to slide in from the top. So to actually right. do it, you'd have to somehow figure to, out a way to of answer your question. The battery cannot be jettisoned. Well, not the way that it's set up right now. You would have it to not be in order to attempt that record. You would fail. It would not be accepted. Oh, you got to keep. He it actually on. has a valid point on that. Uh yeah, you got to land with what you take off with. I believe is what. Exactly. Oh, that's oh, that's what you meant by you have to land intact. Okay, I was wondering when you said you have to land intact. I was like, well, yeah, I wouldn't want to land without a not land. intact. <laughs> I thought I saw. I thought I saw someone that actually hooked up both batteries to that at the same time so i thought i'd seen that done before that would be allowed you could as long as you went up with them and you came down with them it would be fine 
Yeah, I'd probably have to run it in series. Easy. Put it on like the like like a uh, front mount reserve. Which reminds me, what kind of reserve did you have, and uh, how many reserves did you carry with you? Uh, the magical goal answer to that is zero. Because Ooh. of the weight. Because of the weight. So having yep. another big battery pack in front would be difficult. Well, I would if I could have a secondary battery pack up front. I would, in fact, I would do that in a second. I could do. Uh, a front mount container and i just have right. to run the wires in parallel to the back in fact that's a very good idea because that would yield i mean you're talking well, another you got so close yeah. with just a single battery i really don't think you need a second one you just need to keep that one that you have warm and you'll make that goal that you i mean 18, well he wouldn't he wouldn't have to baby going up uh, uh slow he could full throttle oh, yeah, he could, get up he there could as quick as he could i mean yep. it could yep. be a world record height and uh, time so it could be like hey i made it up in 10 minutes to 18 <laughs> 20 000 feet you know with electric paramotor how cool would that be so so you'd have two different records your altitude and the time to get there yeah now the one i saw two though, more flags the first battery was mounted like it normally is and the second battery was like underneath it at an angle you know on its side really do you uh -huh. have a picture of that i've dennis locked Latiev, I can never pronounce his last name. He's the one that did it. He's an engineer. Okay. Uh, we might need to get up with him. I can see, yeah. Um, but yeah, he's heavy takeoff, but if he could get in the air with it, shoot. Well, he took off with at ten, what did you say, ten thousand feet uh, in Correct. five steps? So he I mean, was at, he was he was the one at uh Sean, he was the one at uh uh in the mountains. Dang it. Moonshiners. Gotcha. Um, yeah, he was the guy with the electric paramotor there. Oh, the okay. Nathan, okay. you must have had, well, you said you took off in a reverse, right? So you must have had a decent wind to get up. Yeah, so the first flight I did, I did a forward because the winds are phenomenal. They're maybe three knots. The last flight my uh, was, they were ranging from 10 to 15 knots. Um, I think when I initially took off, it was like right around 15. It was pretty strong. Um, and I was off the ground in no time. And then at that flight, the winds aloft at 14 were about 46 knots. Okay. Um, real quick, guys. It's after 8 o'clock. It's almost 8.15. We've been uh, yapping for an hour and 15 minutes. Uh, real quick, um, are you still good to go? Laptop still good with uh, with battery? Nathan? Let's see. Mine is getting low. Unfortunately, I don't have my my plug-in with me go figure we're talking about electric oh no okay. <laughs> <laughs> but i i have a little bit of time left i can answer any questions or um, you still have and, your top 80 no i you know it's funny my top 80 was my first setup uh, i loved it absolutely bulletproof engine climb rate was marginal but it, the fuel consumption made up for the marginal climb rate i loved that unit it was the most headache for a unit then i had a corsair 172 with a on a can gook which honestly the Kangook is a phenomenal unit and the Corsair at the time made marginally good power. It had electric start, which is a plus. I sold that. I flew an HPR 180 on the grasshopper frame. If some of you remember that, which it was a Chinese unit. And with that comes some interesting details. In fact, Chris Montez and I were flying once and he's next to me and he says a big shiny thing just left your unit. And the motors like sound like a bomb went off while well, the ex entire expansion chamber had separated. <sighs> And what's yeah. out wondering is Nathan got a top 80 and a wing for 350, and then he sold it 
for probably more of a profit than he paid for it. I, I did. I, I, uh, <laughs> I was actually sad to see that go. And then, you know, everybody's wondering, like, what's your current setup? I'm running still the same. Uh, I'm on a Fresh Breeze Thorax 190 with the weight shift control and the Polini 190 with electric and pull start and direct drive. Three variables that I wanted in a unit. I got that in 2015, and I have maybe 330 hours on that, and all I've done is a carb rebuild kit. That is awesome. Why the direct drive? Uh, three redundancies. So uh, electric start, if that fails, I have pull start. If that fails and I'm in a remote spot, I can still hand prop it with being direct and not clutch. Interesting. Didn't think about the hand propping thing. Matter of fact, I don't think I, I don't think a lot of us think about hand propping anymore at all over these last X amount of years. Before <laughs> you lose battery, I see that Linda took off her glasses. That can mean only one thing. It's time for a thumbnail. <clears throat> Will fly, thumbnail guy. Yeah. If you're saying something, okay. Ready. Ready. All right. So here we go. One, two, three. Got it. I'm trying to make my heart work. Come on, heart, go. Trying to get your heart on. <laughs> don't don't say it, Will. Jeez. Why is my heart not working? It's not working, <laughs> working for me either. <laughs> there it goes. There you go. <laughs> so how was the turkey? Because I know you've been munching on it. Oh man, uh, my wife. Uh, which uh, wait a minute, my wife got me two plates. Uh, one with a leg, one with a wing, and it was delicious. And I'm going to go for a third uh, when we're done with this. <laughs> okay. Then you're going to need a nap. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, look at the time, right? Uh, yeah. um, so any other questions from the uh, panel or Super Chat before Nathan uh, Nathan's battery goes bye-bye? Um, what are you going for next for records? Or your... So my girlfriend and I are going to reattempt the uh tandem trike altitude record we really want to beat hungary and then we're going to try to do the tandem electric foot launch no, nobody's really established that yet and i think we uh can knock that one out uh and then we're thinking of doing some time to climb records uh just because with the electric as a benchmark you have endless power and i think i can really blow some records out of the water and establish maybe uh, my objective of all this is I know a lot of people are anti-electric and I get it. I'm, I'm an exhaust note kind of guy. I like hearing an exhaust note. Like I have an open cockpit airplane that I fly that looks like it came out of world war one. And there's something visceral about the smell of av gas and oil and wind in your face and all that. And when you get to electric, it's like humming and it's quiet. So there's, it's a completely different variable, but I think when it comes to, Making a beneficial impact on the community, having a less noisy setup might make people on the ground approve of people flying because, you know, I think we're at a turning point in a lot of areas where people are losing flying sites because too noisy. And I get that. Uh, and as much as I want to like go into a boxing ring with these Karens, that seldomly works. So I think if we could find a reason to continue flying at these sites with a much quieter setup, and in my opinion, if you could get an electric paramotor to go two hours, have a quick charge system, have interchangeable battery packs, I think you have a winning recipe for something that you can just throw in the back of your car and go fly. That that right there would be a game changer, in my opinion. 
Totally agree. And be able to bolt on a light trike. Yes. I know four cycle motors, the gas mileage on those things is crazy. I, I, I couldn't believe how much more gas I used compared to somebody that I know that flies with a four cycle motor. He still had over half a tank and I was on empty. I'm like, really? And no pre-mixing. You don't have to, and they're pretty fascinating setups too. The downfall is the rebuild cost on a four stroke is still marginally high just because you have valve system and, and whatnot. Yeah. But, but when do you do that every, you know, thousand, you know, hours opposed to what we do in, you know, a two stroke. That's true. The longevity is much better. Yeah. Mm. But they, they weigh a lot. So before y'all run out and buy a four cycle, they're heavy. They need to go on. They need to go on a trike or a quad for sure. Yeah, the, they oh. are heavy. I put oh, that thing on. That? I was like, "Oh hell no, I'm not." But, I'm not but they sound. But they them. sound amazing. They sound amazing. They sound like a real airplane. They um, do sound good. Yeah, uh, I'll I'll never forget that when. Uh, so back in 2019, Bear Grylls and I and a group of guys flew through Corona Arch, and this guy shows up in this trike that looked like it was literally made from Harbor Freight, and he had a. It said Vanguard on the back and it was a v twin and i'm pretty sure it was a generator motor and it was on a trike and he takes off from this like sketchy like zone and and bears looking at this guy like what what is this guy doing and, and he gets off and he's all over the place and he gets airborne and then he like takes off for the arch and you could hear this four stroke echo it sounded like a, a harley davidson coming through the canyon <laughs> it was ridiculous and but he did it and he got off the ground fairly fast so i mean like all the power to him it but Man, the look on my pair motor to sound like a Harley that would be bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how heavy is the SP140? Um, I believe textbook weight on it with battery was about seventy six pounds, uh, give or take. But like I said, it felt like my top eighty. It really, really well balanced with the CG and uh, the harness was just your standard paramotor harness. Frame was amazing. Besides the throttle, uh, and I think you can even download a program update to smooth out the throttle. Besides that, there's not a single thing I would change on that unit. It's fantastic. Well, yeah, it's saying... definitely lighter than a 185 and has a thrust of a 220. Yeah. When I'm, when I'm carrying lots of fuel, I'm way over that for 75 pounds. I'm yeah. probably upwards of 120. So I'll pipe save lots. <laughs> not as heavy as i thought it would be yeah wow. i still like to be able to put a you know fill up my my tank on the atom 80 and get a couple hours of flight on it even though it's running full throttle almost all the time because i'm a big boy but i love that atom 80 atom 80s are amazing and has it been fairly reliable for you extremely and i'm about 240 pounds wow that's impressive i am surprised at the atom 80 because yeah i'm I'm the same way as Sean. Yeah, it'll it'll still get us in the air. It may take a little, a few more steps, but just the the throttle control on the 80 compared to the 185 is just so smooth on the 80 because you're not you're not like it's just a nice smooth gradual throttle. I do like the Atom 80, even though I went with the you know the factory R. I I, I did really enjoy the Atom 80. I what, do. What is the oldest paramotor like uh, any of you guys have flown? Like in general, oldest paramotor. I think yeah. I flew a flat top that had a 
a classic 185 on it. Um, I flew a old Black Hawk, had a Simonini something on it. I don't remember what it was, but it was an old, old, old model. I don't think you could get anything for, uh, as far as on it, but uh, it flew like a champ. Wow. Okay. That fresh breeze, that's about the oldest one I've flown, that fresh breeze. Yeah, I we don't know what, maybe it's a 2015 Fresh Breeze. I think it's the 202 on it, straight drive. I, I uh, A buddy of mine's got, do you remember DK Whisper? Yeah. Yeah, he's got a DK What's Whisper. Butch, you're famous now, I swear. <laughs> fly, baby, and, fly. Butch, fly, the guy of the tree. Yes. Was somebody <laughs> going to tree? Yeah. Yeah, he, he made a nice landing in a tree. Um, Just... He had a motor out and didn't quite make the LZ and ended up in a tree, but it was a great tree landing. It was. That's yeah, amazing. Not a, not a scratch on him, not a scratch on the paramotor. Um, and the thing is, we saw a, another tree landing um, that came out. Huh? A couple of them. Yeah. And they, wow. they didn't walk away without a scratch. They were in the hospital. So, Wow. Yeah, but, he came out really good. He, he grabbed all that tree and didn't let go. So yeah, he did. Yep, I That's... grabbed on that thing like a monkey on his mama's back. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't going nowhere. So yep. <laughs> all right. Well, before your battery dies, Mister Nathan, thank you so much for being on the show. We definitely appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you for having me, guys. Thank right. you for your service, yeah, great, Nathan. Great yeah. story. I love hearing that. That was awesome. Uh, it's great was to know pleasure, you guys, man. and and uh, I uh, look forward to uh, watching more of your guys' episodes. This is a great, great system you have. Oh, thanks. Well, you're welcome to come back anytime. Jump in the Zoom on Monday nights. You know where Absolutely. we're at. And yeah, yeah. That's, that's how that's how I got the panel here. Everybody was a guest at one time. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, Wait, no, and that's I'll... how I got the panel. <laughs> <laughs> on your show. <laughs> on my show. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like well, PR Nathan. Hey, I'm you know your PR. name is Par Mom now, right? <laughs> it's a par look, yeah, it's get it. You change, yeah, look at your name. You put Par Mom instead of Paramom. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's my quick typing. Thanks for yeah. uh check spell. It's <laughs> only been showing that the whole show. I did you know one of the ways. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Okay. There you go. I, there you go. I fixed. French. Come on. Hey, mom. US. There you go. There I am. Okay. I'll have to check Only it more me. often. Only me. <laughs> All right, Nathan. Once again, thank you thank so you much. Again, guys. Appreciate you. You have a wonderful Thanks, evening. Nathan. We're going to do the spinny yes. wheel of winny things here in just a moment. And uh, once again, Nathan, you're more than welcome to come back anytime on yes. our live show on the panel. So. Yes. Yeah, really appreciate it. Super. You guys super fly good. safe and most of all, stay warm when you're flying. Oh, yeah. Stay warm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's we'll amazing. Later, Nathan. Thank good you. Bye bye. Thanks. That was absolutely incredible. Uh, I'm uh, very funny that his battery on his laptop is going out and we're talking about batteries on the electric paramotor. Yeah. Obviously. <sighs> that was so, so awesome. Oh my so gosh. we are going to say hello to everybody, Linda. 
is going to say hello to everybody in the super chat. Thank you guys hello to everybody for, in the super chat. for listening to us. And um, we're going to give away something from Stay Bad with the last gift that uh -oh. Daniello has left us. So all the other gifts have been sent out already. You should have already got them. If not, you'll be getting them very soon in the mail. And uh, we will be giving away something else. We package them all up. So honestly, I don't know what's in all the packages. We package them all up. We put everybody's name and address and we send them off. And I'm like, wait a minute. I think I was supposed to send hats to uh, to Angela and Tony, <laughs> but I don't know if I did that one or not. So we'll find out here soon, right? All right, Will, whenever you are, buddy. Yeah, give me a second. I'm having computer problems here again. Oh, no, not computer problems. Yes, I am. Computer problems. Computer problems. You don't I like, like that. I know. Let me let me try. This is I've got one of uh, three. It's not telling me what windows what. Yeah. Is that it? I'm on something on a winnie wheel. A, a winnie wheel? Oh, my God. <laughs> the winnie wheel. Oh, I see That's okay. The spinny winnie wheel? I, yeah, I won something on the spinny winnie wheel of winnie things the other yeah, day. Yeah, that's was how like, you Whoa. say it. You said it right, Scuba. <laughs> yeah. I think that we all need to do some uh, some Guinness Book World Records or something like that. I, I, I think this was pretty cool, you know, to go out and do a record and put your put the American flag on more uh, more things. So there you go. That, yeah. What what a cool. Oh, my gosh. What sto the stories are there are just amazing. You get to sit there and listen to them all night. I mean, just, yeah. Well, just if his battery didn't go dead, we would have been able to, I suppose. Yeah. Uh-oh. We'll fly. Uh -oh. He did have computer problems, didn't he? He Boom. did. Yeah, he just fell off right off. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's like, nope, we're not spinning the wheel tonight. Yeah, nope. we will. Gonna restart. Will. Yeah, yeah, we will, will, will. So anyway, um, if you guys haven't seen it already over at ParamotorArkansas.com, we have changed up a lot of stuff. If you want to get free stuff that gets sent out every month, just make a free account over at ParamotorArkansas.com. Uh, just put your name and your mailing address on it. And then randomly, we just send things out uh, to people that are on the uh, the platform. So paramotorarkansas.com check it out we got a lot of really cool things uh, we got the blog that's actually up and running now we got a lot of questions and answers on there too like the questions and answers that most people have if you have any questions that are not there please text them to me or email me at ppggrandpa at gmail.com would love to add more q a on paramotorarkansas.com over at runtosky.org.org uh yeah. we got a, a new blog uh that we're going to be putting up a blog and we are getting ready to get another vet going through the program over at runintothesky.org if you know anybody that is a veteran that would like to learn to fly tell them to run on over to runintothesky.org and uh oh, it said kick me off and won't let me back in. Oh no! Oh no! Well, fly. Oh. Oh, no. What do you mean? We'll let you back in. I didn't set. A, I didn't turn this off for everybody. Let me double check real When's quick. When's Kevin? Co Kevin's coming back the end of this month, right? Um, I sure hope so. I think he'll be back this Friday or Saturday. 
I think. Awesome. Yeah, I um, want to see him get to fly again. Uh, yeah, if you that's the thing. This this sport is not like riding a bicycle. If you don't no. keep up with it, you'll lose your ability to you know to be good, especially handling a wing. That's why kiting so important to you know kite all even if you don't fly just go out and kite your wing it makes you it keeps your skills honed yeah i think that i'm pretty good at kiting only because for the last three years we've been uh we've had run to the sky and uh uh oh it doesn't look like Will's going to be able to jump back in here, but we're going to check. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll just keep on chatting for the next five minutes or so. Hopefully it will work. Will work. Will will work. Um, but uh, yeah, because, uh, you know, teaching people how to fly and how to kite, you got to be pretty good at what you're doing. Will fly is connecting to audio. Oh, good. So we are going to be able to get him. Yay. Will flies back. Woo. I don't know what happened, man. It just disappeared and tried to get back on. Anyway, it's a Mac. All right. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> man, I like my Mac. Butch hey, has dude. Mac. We love our Macs. Trying to judge me. <laughs> All right. So I am ready for the spinny wheel if you want me to pull it up now. Sure. And then Linda gets to say hello to everybody. My favorite part of the show. She does. I love, love it. She hope, hope we didn't lose anybody when they said uh, no spinning wheel, but it looks like we will have a spinning wheel. A spinning uh, will. Yeah. I, I like that. The spinning will. Spinny will. Yeah. Spinny will of Willie. Win, win I, tell you, I tell you, every <laughs> single time you try to do something, everything is just like perfect. That's, I mean, just like what, what he was talking about, you know, with the, the world record and getting everything all set up and then all of a sudden you go to do it implement it and all that breaks loose <laughs> that's just the way it is walter said will ran off with the will and the prizes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's clear look at that wow. yeah, yeah it's, it's yeah, because it's a mac oh <laughs> that's what it is okay. <laughs> i had to switch to my mac there, there you go, go. Hey, it looks like we right. only have 17 likes, but 30 people are listening to us live. What? So what? Able to yeah, already hit the like button. Hit those thumbs up if you're button. able to. Oh, that really on. super yeah. helps us. Welcome, now, chatters. Can I run the names real quick? You can run the names, absolutely. <sighs> okay. Welcome, my chatter chairs. I love y'all bunches. Thanks for joining us tonight. Really appreciate you. We got Kramer in the house, Lip Paramotor, John Wayne Cowboy, Bill H, my buddy, Angela Preslick, lovely, Deweese Milstead, my lovely, Tony Marzano, Mr. Vegas, Angela Preslick, my love, all my lovelies are in here tonight. We got Munchkin, Munchkin is the lovely of the loveliest. We got Flying Flamingo Jade, I love you, Walter Priori, my sugar's in the house. We got A-Lines, Cliffy V. Evil Autry, Guardian Service Dogs, Plainfield PPG, Two Feet and Harpy, Steve Kennedy's in the house, Paul Marzano, Fly Baby, Fly PPG, yeah. What's going on? We got Hunter Toon, Robert Harvey, and Cloud Chucker in the house tonight. Thank we got you so one much. more, too. One more. Yeah. All right. Jet ski willy willy. Jet ski willy willy. Yeah. I hope I didn't miss yeah. anyone. 
That's cool. Yankee's in the house. That's Wiggy Wing. Danky. Wiggy Wing? Yeah. Chet's Willy okay. Willy. Just if, you, really if you guys are watching this online and you don't see your name, please at Will Fly real quick and let us know. Yes. That, uh, you are here and want to be on the spinny wheel of Winnie things. Yes. Uh, this is from Daniello from Stay Bad Paramotor. He was on here a couple of weeks ago and gave us a bunch of stuff to give away. So thank you, Danielle, yes. over at Stay Bad Paramotor. We definitely... Yes, Danielle, thank you. If you guys have Wiggy stuff Wing. you'd like to give away on our show, James. please contact... James. James Calhoun's in the house. I'm reading the names as you're typing it. Hit that thumbs up. Hit that thumbs up. That's right. And Get if on you it. have anything that you want us to give away on this show hey wait a minute fly babity fly hunter tend you're in there dude hey yeah uh, I, I, it looks like it fly. says fly babity fly ppg yeah that that's how you say fly baby fly fly babity fly y'all haven't seen hunter tune he's awesome he's in there he's in love there you, I know, I'm I'm love you. You put your yeah. mac glasses on <laughs> he was like afraid of heights and stuff and he he just started paramotoring himself and he was like doing these little baby hops into the sky <laughs> and now he's flying and he just had a brand new baby boy congrats on oh, that right on, man. Congrats, man. that's awesome oh, that's awesome it, it's it's yeah. pretty cool watching his uh progression in the sport Fly All baby right. fly, give him, give him a shout out. That's your dankies down in uh, South yep. Florida. Fly baby fly. <laughs> yeah, he's awesome. He's got a lot of energy, man. He's, yeah, he's got yeah, we got we got to get fly baby fly back on the show. I think. Yes, definitely. Yes, he, he yes, is we awesome. do. We got to get you back on the show, dude. You'll right. be hearing from me. <laughs> so, so once again, everybody, real quick. If you guys have anything that you want us to give away on the show, please text me at 501-747-3558. You can rewind yes. if you need that again. Uh, you can also yes. get up with me at ppggrandpa at gmail.com. Yes. It's really hard to forget that one. ppggrandpa at gmail.com. Send hey, us your stuff to give Linda. away. There you go. All right. I'm excited. Good luck, everybody. So I uh, I fixed the wheel last week. You know, it only went around like twice and stopped. So I've greased the heck out of it this time. I hope you greased it, man. I did. All Thanks right. All right. I'm going to add one Let's more name. See. No more names. Yeah. Echo, Echo Sound Man. All right. I think I'm going to say, I'm going to say Fly Baby Fly. I'm going to say Echo Sound Man because it seems like everybody that jumps in last seems to win the spinning wheel. All right, here we I go. I want to see Cliffy B win. And once again, guys, thumbs up really right. helps our metrics. Yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, Paul Marzano. Okay, good luck, everybody. Um, Hunter tuned. If you go to that, um, you see Linda up in the corner up there. It says Paramom USA. Go to that website. That'll take you to her Facebook and say, "Hey, I want to be on the show." <laughs> She'll get you set up because he said he'd love to join the show. Oh, really? Someday. Okay. Yeah. Well, come on. Oh, I gotta make notes here. Yeah, make make notes. Heck yeah. 
Hey. Oh yeah, and in the super chat, just type in paramomusa.com. That way, he can just click the link. Yep, actually, I'm, all, I'm, I'm all over Facebook. I'm actually, everywhere. have you checked your paramomusa.com to see what it does now? No. Oh, type in paramomusa.com and check it out. It's something totally different. Hunter, it goes. It goes to Grinder now, Linda. <laughs> you scared me there. I was like, okay, yeah. It it, it, it actually goes to Grandpa's. Um, uh, Hunter one, really? Yeah, Hunter. <laughs> hey, so Hunter, get up with me. Text yeah. me at five zero one seven four seven three five five eight, and text me your mailing yeah. address, and we will get that shipped out to you. ASAP. If you don't, right. then next week it's gonna we're gonna spin the wheel, assuming you don't want it. So winner, uh, winner, chicken dinner. Yeah, right on. We said his name so many times he won. That's yeah. weird. Did you uh did did okay. you check? Did you go to oh. paramomusa.com yet? P-A-R-A-M-O-M-U-S-A.com enter. And boom, look at that. Is that crazy or what? Hunter, it's some stuff from Stay Bad Paramotor that Sean has packaged up from running to the sky.org. He's got it already packaged in a box that he's going to send out. It could be a hat. It could be a shirt. I, it could be stickers. I, I don't know. You want yeah, Hunter something? said it looked like it's rigged. <laughs> it's rigged for you. <laughs> a hat and stickers. A hat and some stickers. Well, was it the hand stickers or was it the uh, shirt and wing and uh, uh, riser bags? Yeah, it could be a hat, a riser bag. I don't. I know it's a hat. It feels like it. It feels like oh. a hat. Oh, let's see yeah. it. Let's see it then. Let's, let's see the. Let's see the box. <laughs> yeah, because because Hunter definitely likes wearing hats. So you're 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 doing good if you're sending him a hat. Okay. Oh, yeah, so he, he's like I can Looks like a hat. hat. <laughs> yeah, it feels like a hat. Hey, let's let's look at the front of the package real quick. What does that show? Look at that! Right uh, into the, right into the sky. Woo! There you so, go, Hunter. That's cool. So remember, this podcast is now part of Run to the Sky nonprofit. Run to the Sky is to help veterans to learn to fly. So if you know a veteran, a disabled veteran that wants to learn to fly, uh, tell them to run over to Run into the Sky uh, fill out their information and we will get back with you. We got how many people in the queue now, Butch? Uh, 12 to 14. I don't remember exactly. I think it's 12 or 14. <laughs> so we're waiting for people to uh, schedule their their um, their time. I know it's winter time and a lot of people don't want to come out and train during the winter time. Um, but people do, you know, sometimes we get some nice weather. It's been in the seventies and eighties this last week. Uh, today it's raining a little bit. So weather dependent, it doesn't take very long, uh, between a seven and 14 day class, depending on what you want forever, forever tuition. Once you are a student, always a student, come back for more flying opportunities, like advanced classes that come up. They're all for free over at ParamountArkansas.com and runintothesky.org. Check them out. Anything else before we say goodbye tonight? Yeah, happy Thanksgiving to everybody in chat. Happy yes. Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Absolutely. Yes. How, how many, how many, okay. 
How many Thanksgivings do you guys have in November? I have at least two this month. It's going to be four. This year is going to be four. So we did one Thanksgiving a week ago. We did another Thanksgiving tonight. We're going to do another Thanksgiving for the family and extended family. And then we're going to do another Thanksgiving over at Run to the Sky uh, schools. So if you are an alumni, if you are a student, if you would just want to come by and check us out, go nice. to runtosky.org and uh, swing on over for a potluck type of um, Thanksgiving. Uh, we got the um, the turkey on the pit boss. Mm, mm, mm. I don't smoked know if you guys, uh, if you guys, oh my gosh, if you guys are pet boss, but he already ate all that. Uh, smoke. Um, dude, I'm telling you, man, that that pit boss is amazing. Hey, I might gain some weight. <laughs> <laughs> you need you need to eat a few turkeys, but <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> man, I'm telling you, I love 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 turkeys, but only only for the month of November. It's like I really don't feel it for a whole year. I mean, I, a turkey is pretty much a November thing. How about you guys? Are you a turkey people? Are you turkey people? Do you like turkey? turkey? Thanksgiving for me means the Air Force Base will be closed. I'm going to try to fly. That's what that means for oh. me. <laughs> it's a holiday, so they're definitely closed. So if it's nice weather, I'm flying. <laughs> hey. Yeah, buddy. Absolutely. Cool. All right. Turkey, turkey, turkey. Gobble, gobble. This was but we fun. all got a lot to be thankful for. You know, we didn't Amen. die. Flying a paramotor, Butch didn't die flying a paramotor. We're we're in, we, we got lots to be thankful for. So. I can't imagine what we are going to be doing over this next year. So next year, season five of this uh, November for Thanksgiving, Amazing. I can't imagine what is going to happen between now and then. I mean, A things. Have, I mean, things are so different from last year this time. I mean, last year this time to now, my gosh. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got I, well, the eclipse flying coming up. You got to yeah. travel to all these fly-ins. You know, y'all got to get ready for all this. Yep. I know. I got. I got to go on another tandem this year, and and yes, uh, you did. Heck and yeah. uh, it's been a big. I'm going to go back because I, I keep a journal, so I write it every day, all the events, whatever happened that day, and I. It's fun, and so I can go back beginning of the year and just see you know how everything's just it's awesome i mean are you gonna come under <laughs> are you gonna come to the uh lunar event the what event the lunar event we're having down in what sean's having down in arkansas oh that'd be nice if i had a way to get there <laughs> <laughs> by my well i'll just grab borrow a paramotor or something just fly there over bring it on down there you go right at the landing zone yes. depending depending on the um the jet stream you could be here yeah. in a matter of moments it's pushing down yeah. from the north you could just catch a current you'd be right down there oh. <laughs> and I, i'm i'm just excited about next year and about next may and northern lights current motors llc they'll all be out there and uh, i'll be taking a third tandem and just Looking forward to meeting new people, you know, more people next year. And this whole year, look how with our show and everything, I've met so many awesome guests. And yeah. just it yeah, it's amazing. The pair family, our pair, our pair family is huge. It's huge. 
and um, I love you guys bunches. Don't forget Quiet Quiet for Gage, March 21st to the 24th. Down. We'll be there for sure, no matter what. It's going to be awesome. Yes. That, that's going to be like the first one. Are you going to Steve? I'm going to try, man. I don't know if I'm going to bring my – if I fly down there, it'll make things easy, but I'm not bringing a paramotor on a plane. If I drive down there, holy crap, that's a long drive. So I don't that know. That is a long I'm, drive. For me, it's a long drive from North Carolina. So. Yeah. Well, I'm very sure that people, I mean, especially us, if we have, I mean, you can use our paramotors and wings if that's what you want to do. Well, I mean, we're going to bring the paramotors and wings anyway. Yeah, I wouldn't mind because I, I want to be there uh, just to meet all you guys. Not, you know, if I don't get to fly, I don't get to fly, but it's so much easier for me to catch a plane. All right, I'm here, you know, and then that, that just saves so much time and money. And, you no. know, just I might, uh, yeah. I might do that also because it's a 24 hour drive. Yeah. yeah, I might, I might fly my paramotor over there from Arkansas just for fun. <laughs> Jim's yeah. done a Jim's done more driving than I ever even want to think about doing. Holy crap! Yeah, yeah. I'm just driving from Canada to Mexico, no big deal. Well, and back, I feel like a spring that somebody just let go. <laughs> <laughs> I've been having fun. <laughs> Hey, that's what it's all go. about, man. Yep. Life's experiences, you know. That's that's yep. that's a good one there. Yeah, it was really cool. Like uh, Nathan was talking about people. I like um, Daniel West and Jeremy Kelly. Yeah. I actually spent the whole two weeks with them at Salton Sea. That's awesome. Isn't that cool? It's just uh, now you guys are all friends and pair of friends, and that's now. Completely cool. jelly. Wish that I was. Yeah. So um, jelly. Couple of years. I wish the last couple. I will last. I wish the last couple of years where I was able to go, you know, do the flyings. But building up the school and the nonprofit just took all of my time. But this this next year, I'm going to all of the flyings for sure. Because I hate when I go really... to flying and the, I hate when I go to flying and they don't know who I am. Who are you, Sean? <laughs> Sean who? Have you been flying for a while? <laughs> Jetski Willie, I'm in Virginia. Will I'm is sure in North Carolina. I do not have a school. No. I you know, I let Sean do all the training and 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 <laughs> let his mind worry about all the students that he to train somebody is an enormous responsibility. And I don't want to even I couldn't sleep at night knowing that a student of mine might make a mistake or something. That yeah, no. Not not at this point. I mean, I can teach other stuff. I'm worried about teaching paramotoring. If if I even thought about it, yeah, I would be. We worried. we are all about safety, um, safety, 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 nonstop safety, um, and uh, it's drilled into everybody's head all about safety. I mean, flying is easy. Flying is easy. <laughs> Second Tuesday of next week. <laughs> what are you What are you saying? Did I miss something? Oh, no. <laughs> Walter wanted me to send him tickets to the USA. I said, yeah, they'll be in his mailbox the second Tuesday next week. <laughs> That's the old Popeye joke. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'll gosh. Pay no, you Tuesday have... for hamburger today, that one. Uh, I have to say, though, um, thank you, Jim, for um, getting uh, Sonny Nathan over to me. And like I said, peeps, it's easy. You just... You guys have been so helpful, you know, helping me find guests. And Bill yeah, you just gonna say, fly. hey, we need to get this guy on the show, just like you said, Scuba. And I'll, I'll, uh, yeah. I'll definitely get up with Hunter then because I got to book 
I have two bookings for December. So yeah, December 25th um, is a Monday. So I don't think we're going to have a show because that's Christmas Day. Probably not. And that would be our last show of the year, I think. So, right? I mean, is that our last show? Yeah. December 25th or is there another Monday? In- nope. No, that would be it. No, that would be it. Yeah. The first would be the next Monday. Yeah, we yeah. may not do a first, but who knows, you know, I mean, depends on what we're doing. We might do a quick show or maybe even do a premiere type of thing where we will do a show, not live. So we can we, yeah. we can also do that, too. We so if anybody out there from the school, maybe. Yeah, that's that's true. Oh, yeah. So from the non. OK, so we found that there's a nonprofit uh, that helps nonprofits get Wi-Fi unlimited for only 10 bucks a month. Wow. Nice. Yeah. So Dang. that was amazing. I, so, I, I like that. He's going to get a calendar. Um, don't forget that uh, Jim has the PPG calendars, guys. Y'all might go get your order in now before he runs Absolutely. out and has to print more. Yeah. Yeah. I don't mind printing more. <laughs> I'll print more. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, <laughs> There's uh, links down below. Other people print more. <laughs> There's links down below so for the uh, paramotor calendar, and uh, if you if you order through those links, all 100% proceeds goes to the nonprofit uh, run to the sky to help disabled veterans. If you sign up to be a student over at paramotorarkansas.com. you signing up and you paying your tuition for you actually gets a veteran a free um a spot in the school so anybody that wants to learn to fly and wants to help a disabled veteran at the same time just sign up over at paramotorarkansas.com you are helping a veteran learn to fly for free so thank you very much very cool so we've got um next um next monday we have joe hadell is going to be our guest and um He's got a pretty cool, he he already sent me um, his bio or whatever, and he's got a really good, uh, really cool bio. And I, I think that's what, you know, I, I, this was back in, in July. I think I had asked him to come on the show and he, something, he was busy, had things going on, but um, he, I, I still have his, his bio in here in my, my uh, DM. And um, so it's it's cool so i'm not going to give any secrets away but i think it's going to be a really fun show so i'm looking forward he's really excited to be on the show so he's from indiana so um yeah so then uh we start december over and we'll just talk about maybe you know maybe we'll just have how do they call open mic you know if uh sometime maybe maybe the first of the month or whatever of December, December 4th, just have, uh, yeah. It's up to you guys. Open topic. Open topic. Yes. I like the open scuba. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, that's it. That's That's all I have. Just awesome. 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 Yeah. Anything from you, uh, which fly? Hmm. <laughs> all right maybe not butch flying all right how about uh scuba steve 
No, no. I mean, I, I'm good. We already talked about the show I do on Fridays, 8 to 10 Eastern Standard Time. Just go to paramotordude.com. That takes you over to my YouTube channel. And I'm hoping to get to fly this Thanksgiving. If the weather is right, I'm in the air. Guaranteed, I will be in the air. I may not even take the trike because I want to, you know, I mean, I did get that one trike flight, but I want to do another foot launch from that um, park that's right behind the house and there fly longer than 10 minutes. Last time it was so bumpy, I had to come back down. But How bumpy was it? Because I find some really bumpy stuff and I forget newbies and what bumpy feels like to you. So what is bumpy well, to you? Okay, that, that's a good question. Um Bumpy does wing, me, does wing, wing tips go in and collapse on that on your bumpy or what? Well, on that bumpy where I landed at that fly-in, yes, that was that was an extreme. That one was um total butt pucker right there. So, but this bumpy was just it was just rocking me around a lot, and I was literally flying for the neighbors that wanted to see me fly, and there was no reason for me to stay up in that. I mean, but I, I got a pretty good tolerance now. Uh, I'm flown enough to where I can I can feel the bumps. If it's a little bit, it doesn't bother me at all. When it starts rocking me every two or three seconds, then I'm like, eh, that's a little much, and I'll just land. I just don't want to push it. Okay. That's a interesting question I'm going to ask Butch, too. So, Butch, as far as bumps, what is your tolerance, and how much bumpy do you bump? Mm. Um, I mean, you've had some uh, wingtip collapses. And, yeah, I've had I've had a few wingtip collapses, and it usually doesn't bother me that bad. I'm trying to hold on for the carnival ride. When I start losing my gut, that's a little bit too bumpy. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Yeah, that's the whole thing. When you start rocking back and forth, and you can feel the wing dropping on one side and the other side. That's yeah, a little much, and it's like, yeah, I think I'll just land. Do you the do you hold any? Down. Do you hold pressure? Do you hold pressure on the wing so it doesn't do so much bouncing? Yes, I I keep pressure. I I rarely let pressure off of my. I mean, I'll I'll keep my hands up, but if I feel any bumps or anything, I make sure to put the slightest bit of pressure on the wing. I I don't want it to collapse in on one side, so I keep a little bit of pressure on there. How do you keep your trims when there's bumps? My trims are usually all the way in um, when I take off. The only time I let my trims out, which is totally probably opposite of what most people think, I usually let my trims out to land because I need that speed so that I can flare. If I keep my trims in, I come in so slow that when I flare, it doesn't really do anything. So I let my trims out, which on my wing is literally four inches, maybe. Right. And that's enough for me to get just the speed I need to be able to flare because it's a, it's a class A wing. So. Gotcha. How about you, Jim? How about you as far as bouncy and bumps and bump tolerances? Do you take wingtip collapses? I had uh, a decent wing collapse the other day. Um, it was my first non self-induced and uh it caught me off guard, but I mean, my wing, my Mac Para, if you get a wingtip collapse or you get any kind of collapse in it, you've, uh, you probably shouldn't be flying because the weather is, is probably, is really nasty. That thing is so solid. Yeah. I, 
I went for a flight and I was flying uh, at one o'clock. And so basically six hours into the day I had been flying and mm -hmm. that wing was all over the place, up and down and left and right. And I didn't have a single collapse and it, it just cut it. It did great. The moment I trimmed out it, it was way better. And so when I had that big collapse and it was from rotor going over a mountain at, uh, Oh, you were on the lee side of a mountain. Yes, I was. And that happened at the Southern Utah paramotor fly-in. Mm -hmm. And it was also the same time that I got drugged across the runway. It, oh. was, it was pretty nasty. So I know if I get a collapse, it's time to get down. <laughs> gotcha. How about you, Will? Fly, bump tolerance, wingtip collapses? Yeah, I mean, I've got a really high bump tolerance, and that's from making some stupid mistakes in the beginning of my flying, you know, flying when I shouldn't, because I know what my my uh, wing and my gear can take, you know what I mean? Right. But for me, it's more about uh, the enjoyment of flight. So if I'm at the point where I'm reaching my bump tolerance, I, why, <laughs> you know, why even, why even do it? Um, as right. far as the, um, if I'm experiencing turbulence, I, I trim out, you know, and uh, I make my, my wing more rigid and it penetrates the air a little bit better. So um, I'm actually shocked that scuba Steve and Butch Fly are flying in winds that might produce a collapse. Uh, I don't think I flew in anything like that for my first 150 hours. Well, it's not the well, wind, though, right? It's the it's the the gust, right? So, I mean, I we've mean, had some. I mean, we've had some that were, uh, you know, just very, very. Uh, I mean, what under six miles an hour, up to like two thousand feet, but it just threw you up and down, left and right, like a washing machine sometimes. But you know, the wind, uh, it was like six, you know, maybe what five gusts, six or. Four gusts, six. I mean, very, very mild. That you think it'd be nothing, wow. but you'd go up and be tossed around like it was a washing machine. Matter of fact, one day I went up like that too. It's so smooth on the on the ground, and I got up there, and and uh, Butch was even like, "Holy smokes, you're bouncing all around." We went to PPG dot report, uh, windy, Ventu sky, all the winds aloft. Uh, Ryan Carlton, it was all just slamming our wind all the way up that you would not even know that there was any type of bounce, but it bounced around, like threw me around like I was a rag doll. And uh, Will, should... if it's not fun, that's when I land. If it, if right. it gets too bumpy to where it's not fun anymore, I'm landing. <laughs> well, you saw that when we were over at uh, the Veterans Museum and we went up for, well, I went up for a flight uh, to, to fly around and, you know, because we're going to be throwing, you know, uh, candy and, uh, uh, parachute guys off the paramotor you know for kids right so we went up there and I, I it was only a 12 minute flight and i was just tossed around like a ragdoll on that flight too and i i mean that's one that i don't think butch would have enjoyed at all but you know i bounced around a lot matter of fact um on my landing i must have dropped what 20 30 feet for for that landing yeah, because there's so much down. up and yeah straight down thank god i had a good oh, <laughs> yeah full power went straight down about 30 feet but landed pretty easy 
You know, the worst, some of the worst uh, launches for me are the light but switchy winds. Mm. Those things are just, they just drive you nuts, man. I mean, the way it's like lo- little wind, right? But if it's switchy, yeah. similar, I mean, Moonshiners is similar to that, but the wind's a little heavier. It's not, you know, light switchy, but the, mm-hmm. they can really fool you, the light switchy wind. Are you still on the Colorado too? I am on the original Colorado. Sorry, the Colorado. Yeah, the original Colorado it was apparently really quite difficult to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little more of a challenge to launch than the uh, than the uh, Charger and the Samurai. Yeah, but I still love the wing. They fixed it though. Apparently, it's much better now story of my life man you buy one in the next model oh they fix that problem <laughs> yeah, okay. that's, that's anything i mean that's that's your car that's that's anything yeah. that's your yeah. iphone i mean that's that's everything every model next is much better yeah oh, well the that's charger is exceptionally heavy like it takes a while for it to come up and especially if the air is thick you can see a major difference but when it gets up there, it if you start running, it goes straight. Like whichever the strong, like it just goes. You can. It doesn't matter if it's a ninety degree wind. It doesn't matter. You you can just go and it goes. It's awesome. That's the, that's the one or the two. Second. So one or the two. That's the charger. Oh, the charger two though. No, no, I have a charger. Okay. The Charger 2 is a little bit lighter because it has the it has a lighter fabric on the underside. So it might come up faster. Hmm. Cool. I love the wing because whenever people have are having difficulty getting up, I, it's except for if it's extremely light and almost a reversing wind, that is very difficult. But uh, otherwise I can pretty much take take off anywhere anytime with that thing so far i tell you another good wing is the uh, apco f3 um that is amazing in almost i mean very little wind you can do reverse and uh it penetrates just incredibly through uh through almost any wind even in crazy wind that i went up in um it has no problem going through Unless it's washing machine type of wind, then it's like it'll bounce you all around. Well, any wing would. That hybrid's pretty cool too. I like that Apco hybrid. That hybrid is awesome, isn't it? That thing's light, man. It's oh my gosh! Really light. A twenty a twenty eight meter, about the size of a basketball when you roll it up. Wow! Yeah, and I was flying. Yeah, it was super. <laughs> it's super light. I actually, that's what I flew over at, at uh, the Veterans Museum. It wasn't yeah. the F3, it was the the hybrid. Yeah, Is okay. It single skin? Uh, it's a hybrid skin. So uh, the first, so the first part to the center is double skin, and then the center to the trailing edge is single skin. Huh. Interesting. So. Well, that kind of makes sense because I mean that's where your your weight is on the front. You know, most of your that's I mean that makes perfect sense. Yeah, um, the flare is not much because you got single skin on the back for your flare. So 
you got to if you're good if you know how to take a wrap and you know how to you know flare it's 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 all right uh for a beginner i probably wouldn't i probably wouldn't use that as a beginner wing just because the flare authority is kind of crap unless you know what you're doing i mean i guess a lot of it is it's it's the skill set of a pilot with a good pilot you can pretty much fly any motor any wing you know um if if you've been flying for a while in different wind and different environments i would assume so anyway anywho anywho so let's okay. go around and say goodbye to every you know say goodbye so we'll start over with linda so linda go ahead and say goodbye and make sure you talk about your goodbye. wonderful goodbye goodbye no, this was fun. Thank you so much, everybody. I mean, I, I couldn't do the show without y'all. You know what I'm saying? Takes a village. And uh, every Monday is so much fun. And every time I get a new guest on the show, it's it's a new pair of friend. And it's pretty awesome. So if you want to be a guest on my show, go to ParamomUSA.com. And I'll take you right to my facebook page and just say hey i want to be on your show it looks like a lot of fun so actually it doesn't go to your facebook page anymore oh how do i look how do i look that up <laughs> go to paramomusa.com and check i know it out. but where do i type that in at? on the on my facebook search or on my email search on a web browser on a web browser so <laughs> you, you need to be able yeah you need to be able to tell everybody how to do this right so on any I'm web terrible. browser right any web browser where you would normally type in a dot com like google.com or yahoo.com oh i got gotcha. you okay okay you type in paramomusa.com and that will forward okay. you to your very own page with your very own bio and your very own links. Oops. It's really cool. It's brand oh. new. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll look that up after. Okay. I don't want to. I don't want to mess this world up. Record. It's been over two hours now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but our, <laughs> longest, hour, right. our longest was five hours. So, you know, we're <laughs> going to have to go for six hours one of these days. Make sure everybody has enough battery. Yes. I don't, uh, I don't think there's, yeah. There's no show on Thursday night, paraglidingtalk.com, because it's Thanksgiving, you know. So, so far, I don't think so there's going to be another barbecue. I got you. Show. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah. He loves the barbecue. He does. <laughs> so, you guys enjoy your families and all that stuff. And um, I'm going to my son's and my son here in Michigan. And oh. uh, yeah. I'm really excited about that. Kind of watch some football and just um, eat lots, eat lots and lots, and it'll be really fun. So I'm really excited. I was excited and blessed. So you guys, like I said, go fly on Thanksgiving if you want to. You get my, you have my permission. Okay. All right, Butch. If you want to fly, you do that. Okay. You get up there. I want to see videos and stuff. You guys flying on Turkey Day. So. So far, so good. Okay, that's it. Love you bunches. Big hearts for all my chatters and viewers and all that stuff. So, excellent. Yeah. All right. Who's next? <laughs> Hit them up, Scuba. I, 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 uh, I already, <laughs> did, I already did my thing. 
Oh, yeah. Y'all should really check out Will Fly's <laughs> channel. Uh, <laughs> really cool com. <laughs> check me out on YouTube. Uh, Butch you Fly. Uh, was that it, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving. Um, don't eat too much. I know I'm going to that way because right after Thanksgiving, I'm probably going to go right back on the weight loss again. Well, I don't know. I keep I keep like adding holidays. I'm like, well, I could wait till Christmas and then start my diet again. But and I, I've seen Sean's already went through like some crazy diets. He's got some <laughs> old videos. I'm like what in the hell, dude? The only thing that works is staying away from sugar and then something else like keto. Stay away from sugar, you know, or right. whatever else that you want to do. As soon as I start eating sugar, any sugar, I blow yeah. up. You blow up, yeah, you know. Same Where can here, I so. find it? I put it in the taskbar down here. Still looking for your browser? Yeah. Yeah. Not <laughs> <laughs> the taskbar. Click on, do you got Google Chrome? Click on that. It looks like a little. Now you're not on the microwave, are you? Green, red, yellow, round thing. Yeah. <laughs> the buttons on the microwave. <laughs> oh, God. I'm so embarrassed. Oh, you know how I am. Like, how do I well at least she didn't say that she's trying to do it on the phonograph right <laughs> I, 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 yeah i'm trying to do this in front of the whole nation here right now <laughs> yeah, millions and millions of people are watching you. I know. <laughs> now i'm going to be getting a whole bunch of like dms okay that's how you do it do it this way do it this way, this way. wow he's anxious to fly in the cold well you go echo sound man who's next <laughs> Me. What am I plugging? That was funny. Plug the the calendar. There you go. There you go. Calendar. Come on, get it. Calendar. Down. Hot, Hot off, off the, the presses. presses during this show. <laughs> the calendar. And, uh, if you go to careofppg.com, then uh, subscribe. You'll be entered in for a T-shirt for a Dudek T-shirt. Can I? because this thing is vintage and i gotta keep it so when are you gonna do this um this drawing i've been waiting for this drawing when am i gonna do it yeah as soon as i hit 1500 subscribers what's how many subscribers you got so far 1250 1250 and everybody wins a shirt man you guys better go over to careppg.com yeah. hit that yeah. subscribe and that bell notification so you can so you know when you're gonna win that t-shirt yeah, more. That's it. You can get it. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys have a great night. Happy we'll Thanksgiving. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Hit so that appreciate like it. and subscribe. Definitely. Don't forget willflyppg.com, scubasteveover at <laughs> butchflyover at ppgbutch.com, me, Sean Simons over at com or ppggrappa.com, Linda over at paramomusa.com. <laughs> There's our dot coms. And of course, don't forget run to yes. the sky.org uh donate it, donate donate please they, help our veteran definitely serve those that served us thank you butch appreciate you hey there you uh, go. and there you you go. Out my channel you can check it out at willflyppg.com and don't forget the fly-ins coming up march 21st through the 24th 
Fly it for Gage, second annual. You're guaranteed to have a good time. Absolutely. Is there a .com for that? Uh, it, you just search for Fly It for Gage on Facebook. Come right up. All right. Sounds yeah. awesome. We'll do that. All right. Y'all have a great evening, and we'll see you next week on Paramotor Podcast, ClearProptTV.com, or even Run Into the Sky Podcast.org. Listen to our shows over at Paratalk.org. Just too many dot coms. All right. We'll see you next week. Have a great evening. Bye. Peace out. Thank you. Bye. Love you. Love you. Now it's time to go eat some turkey. I'm hungry. This has been a great podcast. Peace.